G'day everyone, this is Rita Joyan and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, how to take your passion and turn that into a profession. For my regular listeners, thank you so much for listening continuously at every episode. I truly, deeply appreciate it. For anyone that's new, a warm welcome to you as well. And for you that's listening right now, if you could please leave a review as to your thoughts, what brings you back, what's brought you to this podcast for the first time. If you could let me know your thoughts, any questions you might have, please send them through to me. And it would mean so much to know that what you're thinking, what you're knowing, what you understand of this uh, podcast series, what is resonating with you is that if you can let me know, I can give you more of that and so that it is worth your while. So thank you once again for being here with me. Today's topic is really how do you take an idea to generate income? If you have an idea, say you're a mum at home, say you're someone working nine to five or nine to eight p.m., <laughs> say you're someone who is really from in between jobs, how do you take an idea that you have and then generate income? Like how can you guarantee, or there's no such thing as a guarantee, but how can you know, you know, with, what's a, with a certain level of certainty that something is going to work out? How do you know that? And I want to really spend some time on this podcast today because it's all about taking a passion and turning it into a profession. So how do you make that leap if you want to do it for yourself, if you're not going into corporate, if you're not going to work for someone else and you do have an idea? How does that really uh, take flight? How does that idea turn into an income and take flight? So I want to go through three simple steps. And they're simple steps because they really take away the noise. If you have been on the online space for some time, and if you've tried to take a passion and turn to a profession, you will know, in other words, start your own business or side to, um, begin your own side hustle or gig, you will know that there is the online marketing space is just like peppered with so many courses, so many programs, so many ways of taking that passion and turning it into a profession, whether it's speaking, whether it's blogging, whether it's video, whether it's uh, advertising on Facebook or having an Instagram account. Or there are so many ways in which to market. And what I want you to do in this episode is just to strip away all of the marketing talk because you want to just really get narrowly focused on that thing, the idea that's going to bring it to fruition. Now, obviously, no idea cannot remain into a profession if it's a secret. But we're going to talk about the marketing aspect at another time. But right now, I just want to focus on the idea and how do you work out, how do you and I gauge if something's going to be okay, if it's going to really make a difference. So the first thing, you want to, you want to grab a pen and paper for this. There's such simple steps that anybody can do them. If you're on a break at your lunchtime, you can do this right now. If you have 45 minutes free and you're at mom at home, you can do this right now. You don't have to overthink it. All right. It's so simple. You don't have to overthink it. In fact, overthinking is what stunts the process. Overthinking is what creates, you know, like hesitations and doubt and disillusionment. So just take it for what it is. Don't overthink it and just do the steps. And don't think just because they're simple, well, it's not going to work. Sometimes we build rules in our head that something has to be hard for it to be worthwhile or for it to be valuable. The secret is the simplicity. Because something is so simple, it means it can be done. But most people kind of hesitate because, well, you can't be that simple, right? That's the, that's the limited thinking. So here's step one, to turn an idea into an income, income stream. Or just to see if the idea is going to take flight, really, if it's going to do well. The first thing you need to do, you need to know the audience. In other words, know the market. What, what are you trying to, what, what industry are you trying to help? Is it the coaching industry? Is it the media industry? Is it the parental 
you know, parents? Is it the market or the audience of teachers? Is it executives? Is it blue collar workers? Is it electricians specifically? Is it students? Like, do you know the audience? And if you don't know the audience, you want to research the audience. So when I was working in learning and development, and when I was working for companies and they would hire me to find solutions to their problems. And one of the solutions that I would build is training solutions. And one of the first things that I would do before I built any training solution for a company is I would go and interview the department that I was actually going to build out the solution. Cause I didn't want to come in with, here's what I think you should do. I wanted to find out how things were going. What was, what was stagnating in that department? What wasn't doing so well? What was there kind of a facade or a smokescreen that I had to get under that and get to really, you know, get very, very close with the real problems rather than the surface level problems. And if you've heard me say it before, most of the problems were just the fact that people didn't enjoy their job. It just turned out to be a customer service, a sales a problem, a, you know, whatever surface problem it happened to become. So you want to know the audience. And the way that I would go out and get to know my audience is I would go and I would basically ask them the questions. I would say to them, how are you finding the job? And this would be very casual. It would be like me telling them, now this is obviously doing it for yourself, but this was in a corporate setting for me. And I would say to them, whatever is discussed between us, it goes, doesn't go beyond our discussion. Because I wanted them to be really raw and real and not think that if they said something, I'm going to go tell someone. I just wanted to provide a solution, the best solution possible. And if they didn't have trust in me, then, you know, what's the point? It's just going to give me artificial answers. It's going to do nothing for anybody. So my, my main goal was to get them to just say, listen, I'm here. I'm here to help you. Like for you to succeed is what I'm here. I'm not here to help the managers because I want you to succeed because I want to help you maintain or excel in your work, in your job, your profession. And the best way that I can do that is to ask you some questions just to get to the real essence of what the struggles or challenges are in the department. And if I can get to that and if I can build a solution, you're a happy person, a happier person, the department, the manager, the more happier and it's a win-win. But if you tell me something that you're kind of afraid I'm going, that you shouldn't tell me, don't be because I'm here on behalf of creating a solution for you, right? So I wanted to get to let them know. Now, when I would do that, when I would let them know to just, you know, you know, know how, tell me whatever you need to tell me, there's no problem. Then I would ask them questions like, so tell me about your job. What do you enjoy? What do you not enjoy? What, what do you think is the challenges? But I would go even deeper than just what are the challenges. So when you may pick up the call and you make a sales call or when you, um, when you make it, like, let me take that for example, when you make a sales call, what's, what, why do you hesitate? And they'd probably say to me something along the lines of, oh, well, maybe, you know, because, you know, I'm afraid to make, make a phone call because I don't want to be annoying. Okay, great. And what makes you feel like me? So I would just do it, go deeper so I could, you know, pinpoint training that really addresses the cause rather than the surface level, I'm just scared, right? Because that's true, but what's causing the fear? And so I would go deep. So what you want to do is pick an area, an industry, people that you want to work with. Parents, I said, students, teachers, electricians, chiropractors, mums at home, dads, working dads or dads at home, um, yoga, the people in the yoga industry, you know, people who practice yoga. So who do you want to work with? What industry? What kind of people? What segment of people? And what you want to do is you want to go to that segment and ask them questions. So if I was going to become, say, for example, I love, say, for example, I love photography. I mean, I, I'm not very good at it, but say, for example, I wanted to be a photographer. 
And there are a million and one photographers in any city you go to, right? I'm just exaggerating, but there are many people who do the same thing. So if I wanted to become a photographer, I would go and find, so what do I want to photograph? Like, what do I love? Is it weddings? Is it portraits? Is it animals? Is it buildings? Like, what do I enjoy taking pictures of? And say if it was, for example, um, weddings, say I enjoy taking pictures of weddings, then I would go and find people who have had photographers in, at their wedding in the past. And I'd just email them. Like I would literally ask friends or family or ask my friends and family, do you know of anyone who's had a wedding recently? And they obviously had a photographer. Can I just have, like go on a, if you could, do you mind asking permission if I can jump on the phone? I'm thinking of starting my own uh, becoming my own photographer, working freelancing. And do you mind if you just ask them if I can email them five questions or just quickly give them a call just to see what their thoughts were so I can improve what I deliver when I get into working for myself. Then you want to ask them, so what did you like about the photographer on your wedding day? What didn't you like? What would you hope would be different? And by me asking these questions, I am getting into the real nuts and bolts of what someone wants from me. So when I come in with my idea and then wanting to uh, make it become a profession, a reality for myself, I know what the market already is like, oh, I don't like that, or I really like that, or it would have really helped a lot if the photographer could have met up with us at least once face-to-face. You know, that would have put my mind at ease because I didn't know how his pictures were going to be. You know, whatever the person says, but you know what you need to do to add your flavor, to add the necessary things. And then... You could um, interview or research with five other couples who are going to get married and ask them, what are you looking for? What are you not looking for? You know, what you're trying to do is just get to know your audience. You know, get to know your audience. If you can get to know your audience and not impose what you're thinking is, well, don't you think you need this? And don't you think you'd like that? Don't. The second part, so once you know your audience, you're asking them questions. The second thing you want to do is you want to listen to your audience. So when I was in learning and development, working for corporate, and they would, for example, tell me something about their manager that they weren't getting along or whatever it was, I wouldn't go, oh, really? You don't think it's because of you're doing this or you don't think? I would, your, your, your purpose is to just listen and listen so that you can understand whether they are right or whether they are wrong. Your point is just, just to listen. You're being a student at this point. So asking questions by getting to know the audience and listening to your audience. So the couples for the marriage, um, people who have had photographers, me in my learning development, when I was taking employees and getting to know them, like I would take them for a coffee and I would ask them my series of questions. And I'm, all I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to understand. I'm trying to understand what the real problem is, what's going on. So I'm seeking to understand. And then what you do, step three, is you take the questions that you've asked, you've listened to what they've said, you've taken your answers now, and now you create the solution. Now you go ahead and create the solution. So in other words, uh, for me in learning development, when I was teaching people how to uh, increase sales in, in the one corporate setting, now I knew what was stopping them from creating sales. I knew what their fears, their hesitations were. And so now when I brought in a sales solution, it wasn't a generic learn how to sell. It was specific to that department and that department's needs. And they weren't going to get that anywhere in the market because no one had gone into the, the care of really listening to what was the problem and addressing those problems in the training. 
And so if you're wanting to be a wedding photographer, when you go and you listen and ask questions, well, firstly, you're asking questions to the people that have been married and had photographers and those who want one while they're going to get married. And then you've listened to them. Now you're going to create your wedding packages, your picture packages, that's going to really be in line with what people are looking for versus what you think they need. And that's, and that's really the three steps, guys. Know your audience, listen to the audience, and now go fulfill with a solution. But you're not fulfilling the solution based on what you think they may need or what your friend said to you last week. You've actually sat down with like five, ten couples for your wedding photography passion and really gotten into what would make a difference for you. So let me uh, give it to you in a different way. When I was starting to create the how to find your passion, or the passion process, how to find your passion minus your resume, what I did was when I was in corporate settings, one of the biggest things that I found was people didn't enjoy their job. They just didn't enjoy their job. And when I'd ask people, if you weren't, one of the, my common questions was, and it was just for my understanding of where they were, if you weren't doing the job right now, what would you be wanting to do? What would be the best ultimate job that you would love to do? And they usually say to me, I don't know. I don't know what I'd want to do. I know this job doesn't really fulfill me. I know I don't like this job. I know I'm just here for the, you know, it's like a, a pit stop for me in my career or in my job life, life cycle, but really I don't know what I want to do. And I had heard that not once, not twice, but quite a few times until I thought, well, gee, what if I could teach them how to find what their passion is, which is how it all came about. And it also came about because I had reached the... Uh, a point in my own career in corporate that I couldn't move any more f further forward unless I wanted to go into giving away, not doing training anymore and going into, you know, the, just like, you know, just like getting into politics. I didn't want to get into politics in corporate. And so I decided, well, if I want to, you know, kind of go in a different direction in my career, what would I do? And then I started to research it for myself. I had to find my passion. So when I would ask people, remember, I'm asking the audience, if, if this job is not the one for you, what would you would really do? Like if you could do anything, any work in the world, what would you do? I go, I don't know. Oh, I don't know what I want to do. So I'm listening to that, right? I'm getting to know the audience. These are corporate people who, if you could have, they had any choice, they wouldn't know. And so I'm asking, so I don't know what to do. I know, I, I, and they would say to me, I just, I know I don't want to do this job, but I just don't know what else I would do. So that's when I built my solution. Now, I obviously had asked more questions during the whole process, but the solution that I built was the passion process, how to find your passion minus your resume. And that's when I took it out into, when I had trialed it on myself and I had trialed it on a, a few other people um, in their 20s and their 30s and their 40s and their 50s and students that had just graduated from high school. That's when I knew that I had results coming in, people was actually working, and then I rolled it out into the market. So those are the three simple steps. Don't overthink it. Know your audience by asking them questions. Questions is getting to know them. Then listen to those answers, like really listen to understand, not to impose what you think they need. Because that's really, and you've got to watch yourself because I remember in the beginning, I would say, but do you think you need this? Or do you think you want to know what your best job is for corporate for you? Do you want to know, learn how to start a side gig? I was actually kind of prompting them because I thought this is what they want or this is what they want. But that's incorrect. You've got to just let them speak and let it come. And your job is just to ask the questions and listen, not to prompt them, 
not to kind of ask some questions that's going to put words in their mouth. It's just to listen. It's just to ask questions and listen and then create the solution from that. At the moment, I'm working on a, a program for corporate. I'm looking to put together a program for learning and development professionals in the corporate sector and for HR professionals in the corporate sector. And guess what I'm going to do? The exact steps that I just told you, I'm going to ask, get to know them first because I want to know what their struggles are. I want to know what's working for them. I want to know what could be improved for them in terms of creating programs for the corporate sector. And then I'm going to listen to them. And from there, I'm going to create the solution. But it doesn't happen the other way around because when you do it in that order, and it's very important to look at it in that chronological order, when you do it in that particular order, what it means is now you know there's an audience that needs what you have. Not because you guessed, but because you asked. And you know that. Now, the next part comes to marketing it. Now, marketing is a whole nother episode altogether. But when you fulfill us with the solution, like when you create the solution, you can either, if you aren't good at marketing or you think I'm not good at marketing or I don't want to market, you can either take the solution that you've created and go partner with someone that is good at marketing. Or... If you are a marketer and you think I'm good at marketing, but I'm not the subject expert, I don't know how to create the solution. I know there's this need. I know there is a need for how to create, uh, um, how to create, uh, let me make an example, how to create um, fantastic essay skills, you know, making that up. How to create fantastic, I know there's a need for that in the market for students. I know how to market, but I don't know how I'd create that solution. So you would go find a teacher. You would go find someone, a professor, someone who knows how to, who's a subject matter expert in that, and you would partner with them and say, listen, I'll market it, you create the solution, and we go 50-50. Or if you are the subject matter expert, you go find the marketer, and you say, listen, I know the subject, but I really don't want to market or I don't know how to. Let's come together and we go 50-50. Third way is that you just, I'm going to be the subject matter expert and I'm going to market it. I'm going to do it all myself, both be the expert and the marketer. And neither of it is right or wrong. It just depends on where you feel comfortable, where you derive your strengths from. For me, personally, when I was um, taking the passion process into the market and teaching people how to do that, I had no idea about the marketing space. I learned as I went. And that's a, it's, it's a huge learning curve. It's a learning curve because what works for someone doesn't necessarily work for you. What works for you doesn't necessarily work for somebody else. And there's many reasons why. Commitment is one. Discipline is another thing. Um, attitude. All those soft skills matter. Like, like it's not just for the sake of talking. They all matter. And so what you want to do is you want to just, you know, work to your own skill set. If you're happy with marketing, then go full-fledged. If you're the subject matter actor, then go for gold. You know, just you have to know yourself what your skill sets are. And then there are a myriad of ways that you would market. And depending on who your market is, depending on who your audience is, depending on what the solution is, there are different ways that you would market things. And it really, that is like a whole new, that's like another that's a whole season, not even an episode. Marketing is a whole season of its own, a season of podcasting, which I'm happy to do if you'd like me to do a um, speaker on the marketing side of these things. Uh, I'm most happy to do that because I taught the passion process, marketed that, and also the speaking success system, how to attract clients in one talk. Those were the two things that I had as products and services in the market 
that um, I took to market. And so for me, in my marketing background, or not, I don't have a marketing background, but I learned marketing as I went along to really take my idea, take my passion and turn it into a profession. You have to learn how to market either yourself or the product or the service that you want to take to market so to speak. <laughs> so that's what it is, guys. Those three simple steps. Remember, don't allow the simplicity to lull you into, oh, this is, I'm sure there's got to be more to it than that. There's not. It's, the, it's like bare bones. Remember when I said in the beginning, strip it all back to the bare essentials, like narrow focus? Those are the three steps. Know your audience by asking questions. Number two, listen to the answers. Listen to what is being said versus imposing your own thoughts into the other person that you're talking to. And then thirdly, fulfill with a solution. Now that you've got what you need, fulfill it with a solution. And then either go to market, create the solution, go to market with it, do the marketing, or find someone else that can do the marketing. Or if you're the marketer, find someone with a subject matter expert, or do it all, do both things yourself. But that's how you will test. And you will not know for sure whether something's gonna go right or wrong. Now here's the thing. A friend of mine wanted to start a jewelry line. And she was asking, talking to me about it. And I said to her, now, the one thing you need to do, because there's a difference between, because she's, she's got this ring and everyone's saying, oh, it's such a nice ring, it's such a nice ring. And I said, there's a difference between someone saying to you, oh, that's really nice versus I'll pay for that. There's two different instances. Sometimes you don't know if someone's being nice, someone's being polite, and they're saying, oh, that's really nice. You just don't know. So you have to be able to test it. And that has more of a probability that that would work that you will create a solution to fulfill a problem, which is what you're doing. But if you go out and create a solution or create a ring that you don't know is going to do well, you want to, you want to just test the market, which is what this process is doing. You just want to test your solution first. And it's really important that you do that just because to save yourself time, to save yourself heartache, and not to get too romantically involved. What do I mean? <laughs> don't get romantically involved in your idea. As in, don't get attached to it. Because you may have to change the idea. You may have to tweak it. And if you get too attached to your idea, then you won't see what you need to tweak, what you need to change, because you're romanticizing the idea. Remember, you're fulfilling or you're creating a solution to a problem. And that's where your focus is. You're, you're, what you're doing is you're creating a solution. And the only way it can be a solution is if you're open to tweaking and turning and sculpting, chiseling out all the rough edges to create the solution that the audience needs versus what you think they need or what you think is going to be the go-ahead with them. You don't want to create a new market. You want to serve a current market, which is the quickest way or the most effective or efficient way, I should say, better than the word quick. Quick is not the correct word. The most effective way of taking an idea, taking a passion and converting that or turning that into a profession. So guys, I want to leave you with that. And by the way, I, as I'm now creating a new uh, program, it's actually not available for the consumer market. It's only available for corporate um, if you'd like me to tell you more about that and what I'm doing as I'm going through the process, uh, I'm thinking of actually vlogging about it and showing behind the scenes of what I'm doing so that anybody who wants to do it themselves. But if you'd like me to talk more about that and how that's panning out and how I'm approaching people in corporate um, and the, the questions that I'm asking specifically, then let me know and I'll be more than happy to share that with you on other episodes so that you can get um, a real life, real time um, 
understanding what's happening. And there's no guarantee it's going to work, what I'm doing. There's no guarantee it's going to soar. But this is how I go about it to see if there is really an audience that wants to uh, improve their learning, improve their um, training for others. And I want to create a solution that can help with that learning, that can facilitate that learning. But before I can do that, because I know in my head what I'd like to provide, but it doesn't mean it's what they need. So that's where I'm doing this process. And if you'd like to uh, have me share my own process, like in real time, what I'm doing and how things are going on, then let me know. Let me know. Okay, guys. So I hope that's helped. How to turn your passion into a profession, turn your idea into an income. Those three steps. If you've got any questions, as always, I would love to answer them. Rita at unboxyourgift.com. If you're listening from, or if you're listening on anchor.fm, then you're most welcome to just uh, message me straight away from that actual platform. They have the ability. But if you're listening on iTunes or Spotify or SoundCloud or any other platform, then please, by all means, Rita at unboxyourgift.com. Have a beautiful day wherever you are in the world. And my advice to myself. And to you is if you have a passion, you'd like to turn to a profession, unbox your gift.